You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to another fantastic edition of Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Gansert. I'm so excited about our guests today, both famous animal lovers and passionate advocates for the human-animal bond. My first guest can be seen every Friday night on his hit talk show, Hello, Ross, on the E! Network, Ross Matthews. Later, we'll be joined by Ashlyn Cousteau, who has served as an entertainment journalist for a number of outlets like E! News and MSNBC. Both are huge animal welfare advocates, and I can't wait to visit with both of them. Well, it seems like spring is moving really quickly this year. April is almost gone, and soon we'll be thinking of May, which means Mother's Day, Memorial Day, cookouts, perhaps our first visit to the beach, and so much more. Well, here at American Humane Association, the beginning of May is a very special time for all of us. Indeed, the first full week of May every year is Be Kind to Animals Week. This is the first such commemorative week of its kind in this country. This year, we'll be celebrating the 99th year of Be Kind to Animals Week from May 4th through 10th. That's right. The first ever one was held all the way back in 1915, which, as you and I both know, it was a very different time in our country for animals. Back then, people really gave little thought to animal welfare. Animals weren't considered to deserve any protections like they are today. And it really took American Humane Association stepping up and being a voice for the most vulnerable, letting people know how important it is to treat animals with the kindness and the respect they so deserve. And the values set out during the very first Be Kind to Animals Week are what we're basing this show on today. And what we've been really talking about through this radio show, through our first episode to this episode today, and what we'll continue to share with for the years to come. Of course, you know, we've seen a lot of victories for animals, lots of successes in the protections of animals in the nearly century that's passed since then. But sadly... We all know there's still people out there who do not know the value of what it is to be humane. In fact, in my hometown just two weeks ago, there was a horrible case of a beautiful, beloved family pet who was horribly tortured and abused by strangers who came into that yard to do nothing but harm to that beloved family pet. Heartbreaking for the entire community. And clearly, there are people in our own hometowns everywhere who don't know what it is to be humane. That's why as we approach the 100-year anniversary of this very special week, we're seeking to reach out and enlist 1 million new advocates to help ensure the welfare and proper treatment of billions of animals who live in our homes, on our nation's farms and ranches, and in our wild spaces. Anyone and everyone can help. Join the cause and spread the word just by visiting BeHumane.org and taking the simple pledge to help animals. Spread the word by sharing one of the many fun and colorful Be Kind to Animals Facebook graphics posted there and let your friends and family members know that you celebrate what it is to be humane. We're also offering a few ways all of us can celebrate the importance of our beloved animals during Be Kind to Animals Week and all year round. Let's remember, 
We can adopt a pet from a shelter or rescue. You know, there's millions of animals euthanized because they cannot be adopted into their forever loving home. These animals need a second chance. We can also remember to treat all the pets in our lives with love and affection, making sure they're in safe environments at all times and have plenty of fresh water, great food, and exercise daily. We also need to remind our friends and family members to spay and neuter their pets and encourage everyone that we know to do so. Many local shelters offer assistance as well when there are financial needs to offer very easy spay and neutering access. Keep your pets current on vaccinations and make sure they're wearing up-to-date ID tags and that they're microchipped. And also be sure to take your beloved pet to the veterinarian regularly and know what it takes to be a responsible pet owner. And if you see any suspected animal abuse or neglect, please report that immediately to local authorities. Animal cruelty is not only tragic for those precious animals, but it's also an indicator of other forms of abuse, such as domestic violence. If you see something that looks suspicious, a dog chained in your neighbor's yard that looks underfed, a child putting a cat in a box and kicking it, don't hesitate. Let someone know. Get the authorities involved and let's stop this cycle of abuse. We can all work to teach our children that animals are important. We can all show them how to be kind and respectful to the animals in our homes, the animals in our neighborhoods, the animals we encounter in parks and zoos. And we can all spend a moment, not only during Be Kind to Animal Week, but every week to appreciate the abundance of wildlife. Let's plant flowers in our yard that attracts butterflies and hummingbirds. Let's be sure to drive cautiously through areas populated by wild animals such as deer. You know, let's don't forget the farm animals. There are some 10 billion animals raised each year in our nation's farms and ranches, and some 90% of those live without the benefit of science-based welfare standards ensuring that they are given a humane life. If your family chooses to eat dairy, eggs, meat, be sure to look for products that are humanely raised and certified by independent third-party programs such as our very own, the American Humane Certified Program. You know, our friends here at American Humane are on over 8,000 farms and ranches, ensuring that nearly 1 billion animals raised are given what we assume are humane, which is, you know, access to the five freedoms that are so critical to make sure their lives are good. And let's look for the no animals were harmed in credit when you see a movie or television show, knowing that your favorite beloved animal star was given a safe working environment, one that is humane. And we can all promote ways to treat animals humanely in our community by speaking out about the importance of respecting all living creatures. Well, together this week, my friends, let's pledge to make this year Be Kind to Animals Week the best ever, so that it's not just one week out of 52, that it becomes 52 weeks out of every single year. And we'll be back in a moment with someone who I know is always kind to animals, our dear friend, Ross Matthews. You're listening to Pet Life Radio. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Introducing the new Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection, exclusively at PetSmart. I created it for the pets that rock your world. Shop the Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection and celebrate PetSmart's 25th anniversary with up to 25% off thousands of items on the PetSmart site. 
plus free shipping on orders of $49 or more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. That's PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to the show. Well, in my line of work, I'm fortunate to be able to meet some of America's most famous and passionate animal advocates. And I'm also so fortunate today to be joined by one of them as my first guest in today's show, my wonderful friend Ross Matthews, first made a name for himself as a correspondent on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. And now you can see him all over the E! Network on their red carpet coverage and is a frequent panelist on Chelsea Lately. And as now you can also catch him every Friday night on his own talk show, Hello, Ross. Well, hello, Ross, for welcome to Be Humane. Hello. I'm so happy to be with you. So happy to be with you. Well, we are so thrilled to have you. And and Ross is one of your biggest fans. I know one of your obsessions is pop culture. Tell us how animals factor into pop culture. For me, animals don't factor into pop culture. And that's kind of why I love them so much. You know, I live and breathe pop culture at work. And when I go home, for me, my dogs, who are just the most amazing, they are just like a sweet relief to me. And they don't want to talk about Justin Bieber and they don't want to talk about the Kardashians. And I talk about the nut stuff enough at work and I love it. But it's nice to have a break when I go home to my dogs. Oh, I love that. I love that because they don't really care what Kim is wearing now, do they? <laughs> they do not. They, uh, they don't care about the latest breaking gossip. <laughs> <laughs> Nor what Justin Bieber might have done in Miami. They just really, really exactly. care. All they care is about you. And I think that's what's so amazing about the power of the human-animal bond. And what I'm just so impressed is with your love for animals is centered around rescue dogs. And isn't that such an important message to all of our listeners about the power of rescue dogs in our lives? And I've seen that you have a new addition to your family. We do. We, You know, I, I, I got my first dog, Louise, which is my mom's middle name. I named her after my mom. She was, this is uh, 10 years ago. They found her in a pipe in South Central when she was just a few months old. So I had Louise. And then uh, about five years ago, we got Miho. Miho is a little chihuahua. We got him at a uh, farmer's market dog adoption fair. We walked by. He had been abandoned and they found him. And, and then just over three weeks ago, we added Audrey to the family. We got her. We live in Palm Springs, California, part-time. We split our time between L.A. and here. And we found her. They rescued her from the shelter on execution day. They were going to put her down because there were so many. The organization went in and got her, and we were so lucky to meet her. And now we're like, we're just a big, happy family. You've given her a forever-loving home, and I think Audrey won the puppy lottery when she met you. That's for sure. Let me tell you, if you're a dog looking for a home, two gay dads is where you want to be. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And certainly the puppy lottery for Audrey and a great second chance at life that you have given her. So thank Absolutely. you for doing that. You have saved her. You know, I understand that your precious Miho suffers from seizures. And, you know, that means you're a dad to a special needs dog. Can you tell us a little bit about those challenges? Yeah, he suffered from a one pretty severe seizure, and we put him for a one year. We put him on um, on medicine daily mm-hmm. for the seizures. 
he never had one again. They thought for a while he was epileptic. They now think that he must have fallen and had some sort of concussion at some point because he's very oh. little. He's uh, just about four pounds. So what they did is after a year of the medicine, they went back in and tested him, and he hadn't had a seizure. They said the, tr- the amount of medicine was so small. We took him off that medicine, and he's been good, but we're monitoring very closely to see if he has anything. But he's a very special boy, and being that small and, and being special needs, we just, with extra loving care, you know, I never imagined that I'd ever meet a dog as small as him. When, you know, when you care for one, it's a... It's it's a different sort of thing. You know, you have to be very careful where you step. You have to be, every time I sit down, I look and sit slowly in case he's under the pillow where I'm sitting. You have to be very careful, but um, he's, he's very little, but packs a really big personality. Oh, I love it. And Miho, what a beautiful name as well. Audrey, Louise, and Miho, fantastic family with three of them in the house. How do they all get along? You know, they get along great. Louise and Miho coexisted beautifully. And so I was nervous bringing in another dog, you know, when, when mm-hmm. I decided to get Audrey. And when we met him, we introduced him across the street in, like, the grass. And they, they just kind of, like, smell each other's butts and said, hey, what's up? And then we said, okay, well, we went over to our yard, and I gave him all a piece of chicken. And then we just went in and sat on the couch and started watching TV. And it has been the most smooth transition. I almost want to knock on wood saying that. But it really... You know, there was one kerfuffle, just Audrey growled when she had a bone, and it was like, oh, okay, Louise was like, oh, okay, I'm good. You know, they just give those little hints to each other, and I I stand back a little bit and let them decide by themselves, and make sh- then I, you know, I'll jump in if it gets too bad, but that was just one little growl of, no, 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 this is mine, and they've gotten along perfectly, and it's been so great to see it. Oh, it's wonderful, but I think the way you introduced them, Tune, was what was powerful about making sure that they bonded with each other and, you know, were welcoming of each other because the way you did it was so perfect. You know, it's not done on your home turf right away. It's across the street, the kind introduction, and then you bring them home. That was so well done. Wonderful work. Well, thanks. And it was important to me that they got along. You know, we want harmony at home. And and as much as I wanted Audrey to work, if, if they had not gone along, it would have been a really difficult decision to welcome her in. So I think it's really important if you're thinking about adding to your family that you do sort of that introduction in that way and that test. And and uh, we did that with Miho as well when I introduced Louise and Miho at first. And, and it really works. It seemed to work for me and our family that way. No, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. You know, Ross, your love of animals isn't just with your own animals. You're a passionate advocate for Linda Blair's World Heart Foundation, which rescues abused and abandoned animals found on the streets. Can you share with us how you got involved with that incredible organization? I met Linda, yeah, years and years ago when I first started on The Tonight Show, and I was just like, I can't believe Linda Blair knows who I am. And then mm-hmm. she, I, I went to her home, and she she showed me, you know, all the work she was doing and, and uh, asked me to help out with uh, a fundraiser, and I said, absolutely, and I, I've continued to help. And I, Linda is so passionate about animals and, and has gone so far as to get a property where she can, you know, house these foster animals and her dogs and her horses. She's been so wonderful. And so I try to help whenever I can with her, with every organization. We've adopted each one of our dogs from different rescue organizations. And I continue to help and support those organizations as well. It's just, you know, you think about, I think about Audrey, who in the desert in Palm Springs was on death row, was a day mm-hmm. away from execution. And it just, I can't even think about these amazing little souls are, are just overcrowded and what they have to do because of that. So I just, I urge people, I encourage people, if you're thinking about it, go to shelters, find these rescue organizations who go into the the, the trenches of these shelters and, and find these dogs who are on their last day 
um, and has so much love to give. Audrey is a year old and lovely and bright and hilarious and silly and loving and full of kisses. And to think that, that she could have been put down just because of timing and there wasn't room is unimaginable and unfathomable. So I encourage people to go do that. And, you know, and lots of folks don't know that we put down over 5 million, some estimates are as high as 8 million, healthy, adoptable animals each year in our shelters around the country. And these are all animals who who can be in our homes. So we always ask folks to go to the shelter and open up your heart and your home to a loving new best friend because they certainly need, they need that chance. And a lot of people, too, think, you know, that the the type of dog, if they want, they won't be able to find at the shelter, which is just not true. Every size, every breed, from purebred to mixes to, you know, as small as Neho, four pounds, to as big as 100 pounds, they have every type of dog. They do tests on them to see how social they are. They socialize them. I wouldn't be afraid of shelters. Never be afraid of rescuing. I think there's so many, like you said, so many dogs that, that uh, and, and cats and all types of animals that need that need homes. That's so true. And, you know, so many folks, because of some of the negative commercials and portrayals of animals in shelters, they see these poor, pitiful creatures on the TV screens. They just get afraid to even go into a shelter for fear that their own hearts will be broken. And I can tell you, when I go into shelters, I see healthy, happy dogs that need homes right away. And I love to see those animals that need the extra TLC, and they get them from loving workers who go to these shelters every day and take great care of these animals and they make them healthy and whole again and they give them a second chance and they are there and you can't bring another animal into your home you can help out and otherwise you can bring food and blankets and towels or monetary donations to these organizations if you if you seek them out anything that you do every little bit helps sometimes i just i just bring a big bag of food to the humane society or something you just everything you can do helps and it's it's just a nice thing to do it really is. It makes us feel good and makes the animals feel even better. You know, Ross, earlier in our show, I talked about our organization's American Humane Association's special week. It's the first week of May. It's called Be Kind to Animals Week. And this is a week where all across America, there are activities and, and festivals celebrating our special relationship with the animals in our lives. This has been going on now for 99 years. 2014 is the 99th year of Be Kind to Animals Week, and uh, we're calling on all of our celebrity friends to help us out by sending out tweets and Facebook posts, and we'd like to enlist one million new friends who are all committing and pledging to Be Kind to Animals. I hope that we can count on you to help get that message out. I'm going to wait till it's 100 years old. No, I'm kidding. Of course, I absolutely will. Well, <laughs> I don't all... trust it yet till it's 100. <laughs> That's exactly right. Can you believe that this messaging has been around for 99 years? And I, I go back to our institutional archives. And what's so amazing is seeing kids you know, growing up at the, at the turn of the last century and into the 20s. And they're celebrating Be Kind to Animals. And then I look at our communities today, as I know you do as well. And we still have so many issues with animal abuse and neglect. And we've got a lot more work to do, but uh, if we can bring this to everyone's attention, boy, uh, hopefully we can all learn and share and grow so that our communities really be humane. Yeah, it's fantastic. I will do anything you need. Just send me the information. I'll tweet away. You are awesome. You are awesome. Well, I know we opened up visiting with you about, you know, your incredible work in entertainment, and you've just had a very special new book called Man Up Talk. Can you tell us a little bit about your book and what inspired you to write it? Yes, it's called Man Up. 
and mm-hmm. it is a bestseller. The hardcover came out last May. The, the paperback just came out in February. It's out in an audible version where I read the entire book, and it's so funny, and it's so good, and it has a great message, and I'm so proud of it. Gwyneth Paltrow wrote the foreword. Chelsea Handler wrote the afterword, and it's a book that made my mother very proud. So if you want to, like, smile, <laughs> and also <laughs> if you know anybody in your life who could benefit from the lesson that you should celebrate whoever you are instead of hating whoever and whatever you are, because when you celebrate it, amazing things happen. It's a, a message that's worth worth reading and it also you'll LOL through the entire thing. Man up. You can find it at bookstores and Amazon, Barnes and Noble. And it's worth it. You can find it your Kindle as well. I'm really proud of this book. Oh, that's wonderful. And you know, if everyone, all of our listeners go out and buy the book, we'll make Ross's mother even more proud. So we all, as we, <laughs> as we approach Mother's Day, we want to make our mothers proud and Ross's mother proud. So let's go out there and get the copy of Man Up and enjoy that as our spring and summer reading. So that's great, Ross. Well, we are so thrilled to have you on our show today and your special lessons about introducing new dogs into the family, your commitment to rescue dogs and your commitment to being a passionate animal advocate is certainly inspirational. What are your final closing words for our listeners about how they can be humane? Well, I just think it's all about love. You know what I mean? Treat mm-hmm. animals and people with love and, and kindness and you get that back in, in space. I know that personally I get it back from kisses and cuddles from three amazing dogs and it's simply because I took a risk and sought them out and the rewards have far outweighed any effort that I put into it. So I'm the lucky one. Oh, that's wonderful. And I do think that those dogs were lucky to to find you to be their pet parent, Ross. It's just inspirational. You know, we asked our listeners a few months ago what it meant to be humane for, for them. And love was one of the top words. Kindness, caring, respect, empathy, dignity. And I love the word peace. And I think about that too. When we bring these dogs into our lives, we bring ourselves a level of peace because of the power of the bond. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? Absolutely. It's amazing. And they've, they've taught me, you know, they've just taught me so much and how to love it, how important that is. And it's, you know, unconditional. That's part of it too, unconditional love. I love it. That's very true. Well, Ross, we are so grateful to have you on today. I'm going to encourage all listeners to tune in to E! every Friday night at 10 o'clock Eastern for new episodes of Hello, Ross. And check out his and new... And you see book. my dogs. My dogs are on my desk, on the desk. And we also have my fish named Beyonce on the desk. So they're <laughs> part of the show too. Now that you know them, you'll be able to watch our show point and say, I know those dogs. I love it. I love it. That's wonderful. Thank you, Ross, so much. And follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Hello Ross, at Hello Ross. I tweet and Instagram pictures of the dogs every day. Good. We want to get you involved in our Hero Dog Awards after we get through Be Kind to Animals Week the first week of May, because Ross, you'd be so much fun with our hero dog. So we'll talk to you about that. Oh, I can't wait. Just keep me in the loop, okay? We will. We will. Well, thanks, Ross, so much. Have a wonderful day, and we'll be right back with Ashlyn Cousteau. You're listening to Be Humane. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. 
In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. Love My Pets, the new single by Mark Winter, available on iTunes. Victoria Schaefer, aspiring actress, babysitter extraordinaire, college student, and animal enthusiast, is on her own for the first time in New York City. Follow Victoria and her two dogs, Rue and Echo, as she cares for her furry friends and juggles home life and career, all the while managing to survive in the world's most hectic city. The exciting animal adventures and secret stories from both ends of the leash that make up the tales of the city. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On PetLife Radio. PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Be Humane. Our next guest on the show today is heavily involved in the entertainment industry. She's worked for years as a reporter and host on E! News and has also worked as a reporter for MSNBC, TV Guide, Yahoo, and so much more. And of course, she's another huge animal lover. It's my pleasure (laughs) now to be joined by Ashlyn Cousteau on the show. Welcome. How are you today? I am great. How are you today? Wonderful, wonderful. And I have to tell you, I know you're a Tar Heel, and I happen yes. to be a, a Wake Forest Demon Deacon. So, you know, I think it's so great that we've got two ACC fans here on the radio today. And I'm glad none of us went to Duke. <laughs> that's exactly right that's exactly right and we've all had a little bit of disappointments in this year's basketball tournament but that's okay we'll get them next year we'll have we'll have much more ACC representation I'm sure so anyway I just love to visit with another uh, ACC fan so you know our show is all about animals and even though I had to throw a little bit of basketball in there it's really about what it means to be humane and I know you have done some amazing, inspirational work on behalf of our four-legged friends, including, I think you've hosted the Washington Humane Society's Fashion for Paws, and you've served as the the Grand Marshal for Canine K Pet Cancer Awareness Work. Can you share with our listeners about why you're so passionate for animal welfare? You know, ever since I was little, I have absolutely loved animals. I just felt that they understood me and I understood them. And we always grew up with a family pet. Uh, we, we always had Siberian Huskies. That was kind of the breed my parents were stuck on. So, of course, 
That mm-hmm. was bred into me, so I also love my breed is is Siberian Husky. But even growing up, I was that little kid that was that would see a snake on the side of the road and make my mom stop so I could go put it in the grass. And I'd always stand in a cat up a tree and I'd have to get my dad to get the ladder out to get it down and try to find its owners. And I just think for me that it started at a young age with great parents. And, and an older sister who also loved animals, and they just made sure that respecting animals, all animals, all shapes and sizes, was really important and, you know, part of my life. So that's kind of where it all started. I grew up with, you know, I had two huskies when I was younger and then moved away to New York. Knew I couldn't, hard, well, I could hardly see myself working in New York. <laughs> mm-hmm. <starting> out. <laughs> so I knew wow. I couldn't get a pet, uh, but it was, it was when I finally moved to L.A. and, and got settled that, but I was able to get my first dog, and I adopted her. I had seen her at a local shelter here. Didn't know what to do. Took, you know, a couple days to think about it. And when I called, she had actually been adopted by a rescue. So I was able to adopt her from the Husky Haven of L.A., in Palmdale. Mm-hmm. And she was just the light of my life. Such a good girl. And not only do I work with, with dogs, but I also do work with other animals. And my husband and I are very active in humane treatment of all animals, including farm animals and animals that are used for food. So we really only eat meat once or twice a month. And when we do, we make sure that it's been ethically raised, that it's all grass-fed, free-range. We just make sure that it's, we try to be really smart consumers and, and make our money count. Where yes. we were shopping. Oh, that's wonderful. You know, and with your last name of Cousteau, I think I'd be remiss <laughs> if I didn't ask you about your love of the world's oceans. My goodness. I know you and your husband, Philippe, are, of course, major supporters of ocean conservation. Can you share with us a little bit about your work with the beautiful oceans? Of course. I mean, for Philippe, talk about being bred into something. Um, yes. He has been an, an ocean supporter, an environment supporter, and a children's education supporter since he was a little tight himself. And it was actually, that is what brought Philippe and I together the first night mm-hmm. when we laid eyes on each other. I think, you know, we're both almost the same height. So we're mm-hmm. the tallest people in the room. So we mm-hmm. make eye contact. And then <laughs> later, after he was giving a speech about the BP oil spill, and after the speech, we found each other, and we ended up talking almost until 2 o'clock in the morning. They started vacuuming around us, the Beverly Hilton, and we were talking about, of all things, animals for all night. Wow. And I think after that night, we both kind of knew that it was, you know, in each other was someone that, that we've always been looking for. So it's been a great, it's been a great seven months. We've been married for seven months, but we've known each other since 2010. Oh. And, um, it's just great. And, and recently, I feel like I've really been able to kind of combine both my animal love and my new love of the ocean with supporting the Orca Safety and Welfare Act that uh, Assemblyman Richard Bloom is, is trying to get passed here in California to keep all orcas to stop them from you know being used as entertainment. So I feel like it's a perfect, perfect thing for me to get behind, not only because I love orcas, but it's a good kind of mixture of my animal love and my and my new ocean love. Well, I have to tell you, I think all of our listeners had a collective awe when we when you were sharing the way that you and your new <laughs> husband met and how you talked about your love for animals until two in the morning at the Beverly Hilton. I just think that's a beautiful, beautiful way to meet, you know, your love of your life and what a wonderful couple you are and how lucky the world is to have you as examples of Aww. how to embrace the commitment and dedication to making the world better for our animal friends who don't have a voice and speak 
speaking of not having a voice, the orcas don't at all. Were you inspired to do this work by from the movie Blackfish? You know, it's really interesting. It actually took me a while to, to watch the film because I knew, you know, what what was going on and I knew how these beautiful, majestic creatures that swim almost a hundred miles a day. I just kind of already knew what was going on. And I, of course, when I was little, went to SeaWorld and didn't think anything of it until I got older and I realized, wait a second, this is you know this is not humane this is this is mm-hmm. not the way these huge creatures should be living even if you just look at the space issue if i look around i'm sitting in my in my dining room right now and if mm-hmm. i had to live in my dining room for the rest of my life i would go absolutely nuts so for me it was the space issue and and uh, the danger for the trainers i mean it's just I think everybody kind of knows that this is uh, something that needs to be done. I just think, you know, when, when there are corporations that have, have a lot of money involved, it always gets a little trickier. That's very, very true. Well, <laughs> thanks for your courage, though, on stepping out on this very important issue. And can you say Thank again you. The, the name of the, the legislation that we were trying to pass? Yeah, it's the Orca Safety and Welfare Act. And I think it's AB 2140. And just recently, Assemblyman Richard Bloom, who's from Santa Monica, he just took it to the the Fish and Game Board in the California mm-hmm. Assembly, and mm-hmm. they actually deferred the vote until 2015, May, I think, May 2015, which some people see that maybe as a loss, but I see that as a win because what they're doing is they're actually waiting to get more scientific research. And I think in the end, when they see the science behind it, it, there's no question that these animals should be, not for our entertainment. Well, I think what you're doing in terms of also being patient with the science, the science will really drive, I think, best in consequences. You know, we won't get unintended consequences. So that's very, 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 very good. I understand that you and your husband are team members of Earth Echo Expedition into mm-hmm. the Dead Zone, which sounds like such an innovative, cool initiative really designed to bring science education alive for our new learners. Can you share with mm-hmm. us a little bit about Earth Echo Expedition? Of course. So Earth Echo International is a nonprofit that Philippe had started, oh goodness, when he was 19. Wow. And he always knew, because of his grandfather, Jacques, Jacques would always say, you know, it's innovation that's going to change the world. It's new ways of looking at things. That's how the needle is going to be moved. And you really need to focus on kids, because kids are a future. And I'm sure lots of people know the power their children have over their own actions. If your kid mm-hmm. comes home from school and nags you constantly, you're not recycling, <laughs> I guarantee you're going to recycle the next week. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So are our best weapons. And, and to really try to capture them at this young age when they're so interested in, in, in science and technology, engineering and math, that STEM education. So that's what Philippe and, and I focus on, on these expeditions, is to go in and to actually bring a problem to children, but to show them kind of how it all works and to make it aligned with the national STEM education guidelines. So teachers can actually use it in the classroom to help them teach. Because teachers work their tinies off, as we know. And, yes. um, you know, if you don't want to give teachers more work. You want to give them things that will help them teach. Right. So that's what we did. And, and it's so interesting on these expeditions because at the end of the day, we're all connected. The planet is connected to the animals, which is connected to us. So you can't really 
have one without the other. So it's really fun and cool, even for me to see. I still learn when we go on these trips, but to see how everything's interconnected. It's incredible. You know, we always talk about it at American Humane about this inextricable link between people, animals, and the world and the planet we all yeah. share. And that's really true. Yeah. It's this inextricable link. And it's it's so awesome to see. And it's so overwhelming and powerful at times that it's hard yeah. for us to grasp. But we are all interconnected. And that's beautiful. Yeah. Well, congratulations on that. That's noble and laudable work Thank as you're you. trying to reach out to the next generation and reminding them that they do have the power to change the world. They may not like what they see today, but they are the future. I think that's incredible. I agree. Well, I want to talk with you a little bit on a personal note about a beautiful rescue dog that I know that was in your life, Aurora. I love her name. Um, That was Sleeping Beauty's name, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. And I I think uh, I understand that she passed away due to cancer a little more than a year ago. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about Aurora? She just sounds like a beauty. She was such a great girl. And and like I touched on before, she was she was a rescue that even she even jumped to two different places. And I just I found her in both places. And that's when I knew that she was for me. And, you know, I never, I've been so lucky in my life that I have not known anybody that has, has been affected by the big C word. Mm-hmm. So when I found a, a bump on her arm and, you know, huskies as you, are very fluffy. So mm-hmm. the fact that I found this like lump on her arm, I was so relieved at least to, to see something and I knew that I had to go get it checked out. So I, I took her to my regular vet. They did a biopsy. Sadly, it, it came back as cancerous, and they referred me to the City of Angels in Culver City, and they're specialists. Mm-hmm. Actually, all cancer specialists. There's rabbits, there's birds. I mean, there's, there's all kind of animals there. So they did some work, and, and we did pretty much everything humanly possible uh, for Aurora, and she lived with cancer for about a year. So I'd only had her for a year, and then she got diagnosed, and, and she lived another year. And, you know, it was just something, as a pet owner, mm-hmm. I never really thought about. I never thought that cancer, especially canine cancer, that one in three dogs will be mm-hmm. diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And of the ones diagnosed, don't make it. Half of them don't make it. Um, right. And, of course, you know, when they get older in life, their chances of getting cancer increases. I just am still flabbergasted by, by those numbers. So, you know, it's so hard to hear that word that, that word cancer, but I really urge pet owners that if they see something wrong in their pet, if their pet starts to smell different, if there's any change in their weight, you know, go to the vet, get it checked out, because the earlier you catch it, the better chances that your pet can have. And um, she was such a good little girl, and, and she was an angel in my life for two years. Oh, no, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I am so sorry to ask you, but you're sharing with people who, who need to hear this and be reminded, yes. get your pet into the veterinarian and, and yes. give them a chance because you had an extra year with her because of what mm-hmm. you did for your medical interventions and how powerful is that? And to, I also want to remind people, too, of things that they may not think about, which is, you know, your pets are very close to the ground. Mm-hmm. And keep that in mind when you're cleaning your floors when you are putting anything on your grass, I mean, any kind of carcinogenic is bad for us, for your Mm -hmm. children, and for your pets. So I've always been green-ish. And when Philippe came into my life, 
I'm mm-hmm. greener. That's when I really started thinking about it. But a lot of canine, a lot of dogs get, get cancer in their noses from mm-hmm. smelling things. So it's mm-hmm. just, you know, think of your dog and think of yourself when you are buying your home cleaning products. That's such a great point. You know, they're, they're really, Dr. Marty Becker, you know, who's known as America's veterinarian, reminds us that mm-hmm. these dogs are like little Swiffers. You know, they're they like are. little canines are little Swiffers. They collect everything in their yard. It's, it gets into their fur and their coat and their skin. Yep. And, you know, they really are so much more susceptible. And uh, there's so much about cancer in dogs, particularly, I think it's uh, golden retrievers here in this country, where yeah. the same breed doesn't have any of the same occurrences of that same type of cancer in the UK. So what is it in our environment where these goldens are so susceptible to cancer? And it's something, as you say, in our products, our fertilizers, there's a lot of risk for our beloved animal friends. Yes. Treat them. I mean, we we know people sometimes love their animals more than their kids. So (laughs) make sure, make sure that you're treating treating your pet just like like a, a newborn. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, tell us about any major projects you've got coming up. I mean, you're so busy with your expeditions, which is amazing, and so Thank proud you. of your work with orcas. I think that's so so inspirational. What else do you have on the docket for the year ahead? Well, that's actually our next adventure is I've never seen an orca in the wild. So we are going to head up to British Columbia, and we're still figuring out what research group we want to go out with. But we want to go out and see them and see them in their natural habitat and their family pods and, and listen to their unique vocals. Mm-hmm. Each pod speaks a different language. So just to go out there and spend time with them and, and just even, you know, support, you know, some of the knowledge that I have now, but to actually go out there and get more knowledge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's next. So we'll probably go up to British Columbia when they're done migrating in June. Wow. Wow, to have that firsthand experience. I mean, that is, that's like so awesome to be able to to see them. And then you won't ever be able to watch blackfish again, I'm sure, after you see them in their natural habitat. No. Oh, I I just can't. It makes me cry anyways. I'm a softie, as you can tell. (laughs) Well, that's why we love you so much, because you're just like all of us listening as we're all that. (laughs) That's so true. We all get so, we're so connected. And I think that's so important for all of us that we can share what it is to be humane tune with folks who probably haven't experienced that power of the bond, you know? Well, Ashlyn, we are so proud to know you. We're just so impressed with your inspirational work. And we just want to thank you for all you do on behalf of our furry little friends and our big marine mammal friends. It's it's such important, important work. And we want to see you at our Hero Dog Awards, which we'll record and tape in Beverly Hills on September 27th. So we hope you can join us for that as well. I can't wait to be there and to see you again. And thank you for all that you do on, on behalf of the animals everywhere. Oh, You're well, thank a huge, you. huge proponent and supporter for them. So thank you for that. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's all the time, my friends, uh, my listener friends, what we have for today's show. And I want to thank our guest, Ross Matthews and Ashland Cousteau, for not only joining me today, but for their love and passion for animals and for their work they're doing to promote the human-animal bond. Remember to log on to BeHumane.org to learn more about Be Kind to Animals Week. We're in our 99th year of Be Kind to Animals Week. And please like the American Humane Association Facebook page and follow us on Twitter for all the latest updates. I'll talk to you next week, but in the meantime, let's all remember to be humane. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.